everybody and welcome back to circling seattle sports on converge media of course as always i'm your host here charles hammaker it's great to be back here in the black media matter studios i'm in high definition you can actually see how nice these teeth are once again and not blurry and in the home studio and all that kind of stuff regardless uh the weather's not so nice outside as the seahawks prepare for their monday night football matchup against the philadelphia eagles i know someone behind the camera uh, might have given a little cheer for that team on the other end of things. There's already a few Philly fans down here in downtown, in Pioneer Square, around the stadiums. It should be a good matchup. We'll talk about that here in a sec. But it's it's been an interesting past week in Seattle sports. The offseason in this time of the winter slash early spring can kind of get slow. You know, the Kraken are the only team current, well, then the Seahawks are the only teams playing at this current point in time. Uh, and there are stretches for the other teams that are inactive uh, that kind of go dry. Uh, and for some teams, uh, that's better than not. And the other case, it's not so great to be inactive, especially with your fan base uh, feeling how they do. In uh, that instance, it's the Mariners. But anyway, we will get straight into Seahawks-related news, the only sort of team news as we prepare for tonight's game. They didn't play yesterday. It's Monday Night Football. Uh, on December 14th, it was announced that Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner was named as one of eight finalists for the 2023 Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Not only is Wagner a finalist, for the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. He is the Seahawks team nominee uh, for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So Bobby, obviously active in the community uh, here in Seattle, not you know new to this stint here in Seattle, obviously when he was with the Seahawks the first time around, uh, that was a big part of who he was. Uh, so nice to see him honored as a finalist here. It'll be interesting to see uh, if he's able to win that award or if he's able to climb up higher in the Walter Payton Man of the Year award standings that he's, as he wasn't in the top 10 uh, when the last check-in was about a week ago. Looking into the game ahead, don't have anything too much because obviously the game is tonight, but it should be an interesting matchup uh, against Philly. Obviously, they still got stuff to play for. Uh, the 49ers have clinched the NFC West uh, and they've clinched their playoff spot. The uh, Cowboys uh, are hot on uh, Philly's tail in terms of the division. Philly, obviously, again, still playing for stuff. They've struggled a little bit of recently uh, in terms of this game itself. Jalen Hurts uh, is dealing with an illness and traveled separately from the team. No clear indication on whether he's playing tonight or not. Um, and the secondary, in a kind of unusual move, decided to take their pre-scout for this game on their own without the coaches, which is not something that typically happens. On the Seahawks side of things, I mean, there's no clarity on Geno Smith. So both quarterbacks in this game could be the backups uh, for their respective teams. Um, it will be obviously Drew Locke if Geno's not able to go. He has been more mobile and feeling better uh, in the days leading into this game. So that will be unique as well. Uh, Jamal Adams is trending towards not playing tonight. So there, it's, it's going to be a unique game. These are both teams that obviously are playing for something. Seattle's arguably playing for their playoff lives at this point is there in the hunt, but, you know, with the Rams ahead of them and winning yesterday, the 49ers clinching the division already and other wildcard spots really, really tightening up. Seattle needs this game. 
uh, Philly really wants to get on track, I'm sure. Uh, I will admit I have been listening to the New Heights show with Jason Kelsey, so I hear about the Eagles a decent amount of time. Uh, it'll be – it's Monday Night Football. This is the first game that's been flexed in night, Monday Night Football, I believe, ever. So there's obviously going to be some hype here, both wideouts uh, for the – both teams, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, they both have respective history with each other. Hoping to get Devon Witherspoon back. He was dealing with a hip pointer, uh, and it seems like he'll be a game time decision, but it sounds like he was trending towards playing. He would be a huge factor for Seattle to get back on the defensive side of the ball. Either way, it's a big matchup. It's going to be a tough one against a good Eagles team. Obviously, uh, it would be a little bit easier, so to say, if uh, Jalen Hurts isn't able to go, but uh, everything's kind of up in the air in terms of starting quarterbacks as we head into this one. So that game, obviously, tonight, kickoff time of 5.15 Pacific on Monday Night Football. It's a tough one. It's a big one that Seattle arguably desperately needs uh, to get back on track. They've done some decent things in uh the course of this four game losing streak that they're currently in, uh, but obviously not enough to get an actual victory out of. So that's all we've got over in the Seahawks side of things. The Mariners are quiet as well, which again, uh, not a lot of fans are happy about And this. I, I don't blame people for being upset. They're reportedly one of the teams that's most interested in uh, designated hitter Jorge Soler. So that would be nice uh, to get, a big impact bat there, but still need a few more positions to fill out. Uh, and being interested in only means so much. You know, I could be interested in having more hair, but I don't. So anyway, we move. Uh, over the past week, Storm News, I mean, still the offseason, relatively quiet, not too much going on per se, but with the offseason in the WNBA, most players go and play overseas somewhere. Um, that is the case for a few of our players, so we'll get into that. But firstly, it was announced on December 11th that uh, guard Sammy Whitcomb and her partner Kate welcomed their new child, Reef, to their family. Yes, Reef. Uh, and they already have a son, Nashko. Congratulations to Sammy on that. Continuing with news that relates to Sammy, uh, three current Storm players were named to Australia's Olympic qualifying squad. Uh, Ezzy Magbagor, Jade Melbourne, and Sammy Whitcomb all were named to that roster. Also on the list, uh, Storm legend Lauren Jackson, pending a physical, and former Storm player Steph Talbot, uh, also pending a physical name to that roster. So in total, five Storm players or players with ties to the Storm uh, for Australia. On the 15th, keeping up with Jade Melbourne, um, in Australia, in a WNBL game, Melbourne dropped 30 points, 10 assists, and 5 rebounds in a win. She's been playing exceptionally well down in Australia this offseason as she looks to get more of a increased role this upcoming year with Seattle. But it won't be easy for Jade to carve that out, considering that Seattle will likely look to uh, add an established point guard uh, through free agency or potentially could add one in the draft. So uh, not a lot of spots for her to make up that impact. That's been an issue in the WNBA for years. So you're still hoping to see the increased roster size. But, I mean, continuing to see games like this from Jade can only help her case going forward. So uh, that is something to note there. Outside of that, uh, as you know, again, as I mentioned, the storm, not too much going on uh, outside of the players that are going overseas. Uh, I know I mentioned it last week. We do have the new Sounders branding on our graphics, so that's good to see. Uh, the club officially on December 12th 
said farewell to Nico Ladero as free agency opened up. Uh, you know, we've talked about Nico and his departure here for a few weeks now, but we'll continue to do so uh, here. Oh boy. And speaking of the Sounders, they made a trade. Goodness gracious. I told you this things happen when we're recording. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Ladero, 231 appearances, which is the fourth most in club history, 58 goals, fifth most in club history, 95 assists, tops the Sounders uh, all-time record, seven trophies in a Sounders kit, four Western Conference championships, two MLS Cup championships, and one CCL championship. Obviously, Nico, uh, many thanks to your impact in the community, to your support of the other teams here in Seattle, and obviously being the most influential sounder uh, of all time. Uh, in other related news, we'll get to the thing that just happened in a minute. We've got other stuff to go over uh, before that. But doesn't doesn't the new logo look nice? I think it does. Anyway, uh, and, you know, we've got the updated colors. So, and, you know, uh, there was a report on the 12th that Austin FC is reportedly interested in Javier Arriaga, reported by Nico Moreno first. Uh, that's interesting. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Avi and that after we get through these uh, notes from the end-of-season press conference, the Sounders on December 13th held their end-of-season press conference down at Long Acres. Uh, we got to see here and see uh, Craig Weibel, Brian Schmetzer, and Stefan Fry talked a little bit uh, after his extension. So a few notes to get from that. We'll have more writing uh, regarding the end-of-season press conference in the coming days. But the club will play some preseason in Spain. They played uh, some preseason overseas this past year um, in preparation for Morocco and the Club World Cup. Uh, Brian Schmesher did say that he did a better job this year of allowing his assistants to have a bigger role, but did say that he might oversee more things on the offensive end uh, this upcoming year, notably, obviously, for all the draws that Seattle had this season. Uh, both Raul Diaz and the club mutually agreed that this upcoming season needs to be better for the Peruvian. Uh, Craig Weibel said that there was the understanding that, you know, it wasn't what either of them wanted it to be. Um, and they're looking for improvement this upcoming year. Weibel said that the club will be adding at least one or two significant players to the roster, which is obviously big news. Um, in con they are in conversations with three players for one position. It does sound like a central attacker, uh, two from South America, one of them seemingly being confirmed as Pedro de la Vega uh, and another from Europe. The European player uh, is reportedly from Scandinavia, but isn't currently playing there. So that's, I mean, if you want to do some deep dive, some research uh, on that, you can speculate here. Uh, a couple of the Sounders players will be involved in the upcoming U.S. men's national team January camp. It is rumored that it'll be Jackson Reagan and Josh Atencio. Uh, Weibel didn't look at this as a real rebuild, more as a reload, which makes sense. I mean, they're not dumping a ton of players or contracts uh, like other teams. Um, just going to make sure this wasn't another trade. Oh, goodness. Yeah, again, so much happening. Um Depending on how construction goes and the timeliness of it at Long Acres, the Sounders could train early preseason at Starfire. Uh, new turf will be going in at Lumen once the Seahawks seasons end. Uh, as a result of this, the Sounders will open the 2024 campaign on the road. So there was wonder if maybe grass would go into Lumen uh, after this turf cycle ended. And in anticipation of the 2026 World Cup playing matches here in Seattle, 
that will not be the case. Uh, the Defiance, uh, the Tacoma Defiance will continue playing at Starfire for the time being. Uh, teams, this is where we get to Javi. Teams have reached out regarding Javier Ariaga, but are under the wrong pretense. Weibel said that he, he, he praised Ariaga um, and said that his presence as a depth center back you know he's he could be a center back that starts anywhere in mls uh he said that was really important to pushing jackson reagan and yamar throughout the course of the season um and that they value him and they value having him on this club uh and the clubs are calling on the pretense that seattle wants to move him he went against that saying that was not the case i thought this was a little bit surprising um it was actually funny the morning of the end of season press conference javier ariaga um was asked by some supporters about the Sounders picking up his option and didn't really necessarily sound like he was too thrilled about it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Javi is on uh, the roster to begin the season. Uh, but yeah, for now, it doesn't sound like Seattle is in any hurry to move uh, the Ecuadorian center back. So uh, keeping up with it, the next day um, on the 14th, the club selected defender Jonathan Bell in stage one of the 2023 reentry draft. Uh, the 26-year-old defender spent last season with St. Louis uh, following two years with New England. Keeping it up, well, no, we'll go in order. Um, also on the same day, the club announced an extension, uh, well, yeah, it was an extension uh, with defender Alex Roldan to a new contract through 2026. Uh, the club announced it was a three-year deal through the 2026 season with a team option in 27. Obviously, if you don't know Alex, we can get to it. Originally drafted by Seattle with the 22nd pick of the 2018 Super Draft out of Seattle University. Uh, Christian's brother has made 162 appearances across all competitions over the course of six seasons, including 35 in 2023. Uh, following his collegiate career with the Red Hawks, Roldan quickly became a featured player for the Sounders, appearing in 19 regular season games, uh, seven starts as a rookie back in 2018. Um, after making a switch from midfield to right back following the 19 season, uh, he eventually won the job and started every postseason match during the club's run to the MLS final uh, in 2020. He's been a mainstay in the lineup ever since, starting at least 26 matches from every season from 21 to 23. 2022 was big for Chris, uh, Alex, uh, establishing career high with appearances, uh, starts, and seven assists in regular season play, um, earning a start in the 2021 All-Star Game alongside five of his teammates, which include his brother. So uh, there was that. Nice to see the back line sort of stay together. Uh, Weibel did talk about the defenders at the end of season press conference and did say that they don't really plan on doing anything drastic there, considering how well the defense played for Seattle. And I think it makes sense. I know there were some complaints about Alex throughout the course of the season, but I mean, when you allow the fewest goals in, in MLS and you record the most clean sheets, it doesn't really sound like there's reason to do much differently. Um, whether it's the back line or the goalkeeper. So, um, Last piece of news before we get to this trade that just took place on the 15th, it was announced that young midfielder Ethan Doubleair was selected by DC United in the end of year's waiver list. Ethan, I mean, it's been not the easiest for Sounders uh, young players to integrate themselves into the lineup. And Doubleair was one of the players that was affected by that. But I mean, of the the players I'm thinking of, Reed Baker, Whiting, Cody Baker, Josh Atencio, uh, Double Air is the one who just didn't make enough of an impact, I guess I'd say. Um, 
So I, I don't necessarily think this is the biggest surprise um, when it comes to that. Obviously wishing him the best of luck, though, uh, moving forward. So the trade that the Sounders just made as we were literally getting into their segment uh, was that the club has acquired $325,000 in general allocation money for the 2024 season from Columbus crew in exchange for two international slots next season. Uh, the move brings Seattle's number of roster slots in 2024 to six as the team continues its preparation for the upcoming season. Interesting uh, that Seattle would trade away those roster slots and it would get that money. I don't know what that's preparing for, but usually when a club is acquiring general allocation money, there's a move that's lined up that immediately follows that. So we'll see that, making sure, again, that something's not happening. Um, that is it when we get to Sounders-related news and such. Again, with Weibel talking about adding impact players, uh, and especially in the attacking role, it'll be interesting to see when we see maybe it's Pedro de la Vega who's added. Uh, maybe it's one of the other players from South America that he hinted at or the Scandinavian player. And that was just at one position. You know, there were some people who think who reported that it was only one as someone who was there. He said that was only at one position. So it'll be very intriguing to see what Seattle is able to add this offseason as they look to reload and not rebuild. Uh, we move over to the Kraken here. And before we were able to get in today, uh, stopped by T-Mobile Park where you can see some of the graphics going up around the ballpark ahead of the Winter Classic coming up on New Year's Day. Um, the rink is currently being built uh, starting today, actually. Funny timing. Um, ahead of the New Year's Eve event. The outdoor game could be outdoor, obviously, depending on the weather here. Uh, the roof might be on at T-Mobile Park as it was this morning. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, anticipation is building. They just released a menu of some of the food items that will be there that day. Uh, there will be uh, a fan zone outside of the Lumen Field North parking lot that will open after the Seahawks game on the 31st. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that will take place. There's already been events that have been uh, happening around the city for this. So it was kind of fun to see the graphics at the ballpark, even if, though it was um, under some rain. So uh, we get into the past week of games for the Kraken as they finished off a six-game homestand. Uh, the past three games, very encouraging. We'll start uh, with this 4 to nothing win over the Florida Panthers, uh, a shutout win that would help them snap an eight-game losing streak. Our player of the game, obviously, I mentioned the shutout, has to go to Joey Decord. Uh, 24 saves, obviously a complete save percentage. His first NHL shutout uh, could have gone with forward Pierre-Edouard Belmar, as you can see in our photo of the game by Rio Giancarlo. Uh, just an excellent game from Seattle to snap an eight-game losing streak. Get on the board first, snapping an eight-game streak of not being able to score first. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto gets on the board. He scores twice, so you get three goals from – oh, yeah, no. He scored first. You get two goals from the fourth line there. Generally, Seattle plays great on this goal. Uh, and in the photo here by Rio, uh, Riker Evans recorded his first NHL point. So an excellent game for the Kraken against a great Florida team a statement to go out, shut them out, uh, be able to snap your losing streak and get back on track. They were able to continue things rolling 
when Chicago came to town. Now, obviously, Chicago wasn't expected to be a great talent coming in. They're currently a little bit banged up and missing some impact players, such as former Seattle Thunderbird Kevin Korchinski. But regardless, the Kraken needed to take care of business, and they did with a 7-1 to victory over Chicago. Our player of the game for it, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand, uh, one goal, two assists, a three-point night for Oliver a two plus minus and two shots could have gone again with Joey DeCord. He had another strong night. Uh, Jared Ward-Bramar also had a strong night. Kyler Yamamoto had two goals in this one fourth line with three goals, continuing to make an impact. Um, as you can see, Belmar and the court celebrating in this photo by Nate Koppelman. Um, just an excellent game. I mean, you took care of business. You were expected to, and it was nice to see them do so. You head into the final game of that homestand, though, against the Kings, and the Kings have been excellent all season long. It's a tough Pacific Division opponent. You're only able to get the one point out of it. Seattle falls 2-3 to three in the shootout. Uh, our player of the game, defenseman Adam Larson, one goal, one plus minus, and two shots as he was appearing in his 300th consecutive game in the NHL tonight. He is preparing to appear in his 800th career NHL game. Uh, but before we get to that, our photo of the game here by Liz Walter, this photo of Oliver Bjorkstrand with the game tying goal late into the third period on a power play. Excellent, excellent shot there by Liz. Um, could have gone with Oliver as our player of the game as well, but tough one here. I mean, for a lot of reasons, Seattle couldn't have – could have potentially not gotten any points at all. Took some really poorly timed penalties, including one in overtime uh, that gave the Kings a power play. But thanks to Joey Decord and Net and the rest of the kill, Seattle was able to avoid that, send it to a shootout uh, that went nine rounds. Unfortunately, Seattle falls there, but does get the loser point and has recorded at least a point in the past three games. Our player of the week, goaltender Joey Decord. Over the last three games, 81 saves in total, three goals allowed over the course of those three games. I mean, it's pretty good. And a 964 save percentage, which is including his first career NHL shutout, has made four straight starts uh, and appeared in the last five games for Seattle after Philip Grubauer went down uh, in the game against Tampa Bay with a lower body injury. It's unidentified technically right now, but you have to think it's a lower body injury considering how he reacted. But I guess, you know, you might not want to speculate, so that's fair. Um, but great, great performance from Joey. I talked about it earlier into the season. I was a little bit skeptical of if he could handle this sort of workload at the NHL level, and he's been rock solid. Um, all season long for the Kraken. So it's hard for me to complain about him. Um, should we get, mm, I feel like, well, well, normally we don't do injury news right after the games, but considering the sort of injuries that Seattle's dealing with, I think it's important to add context before we talk about the past week. So December 13th, uh, in a report from Elliot Friedman, uh, says that on uh, it's still being determined, but Seattle is bracing for the possibility of Philip Grubauer's absence being a long one, which is not great. Uh, on the, ne the next day, on the 14th, Hacksaw confirmed to us media that Grubauer is considered week to week, which isn't great. The next day, the team plays for Jaden Schwartz on long-term injured reserve. He was already on injured reserve, but this move takes him off the salary cap for the Kraken um, and means that 
Schwartz will be out for an extended period of time. He will miss the Winter Classic. Uh, on the 16th of the morning skate of the 16th of that Kings game for Jordan Eberle was considered day-to-day with a lower body injury. So that's three main starters there that are out for an extended period of time, and that's not including Andre Burakovsky as well. Um, so all in all, all in all, considering that three-game stretch, considering the sort of injuries that – uh, you know, the team is dealing with and an acquisition that we'll talk about when we get to team related news. I'm happy with this past week. I mean, it's been a struggle of a season for Seattle. They really haven't gotten much puck luck when they've covered one hole of the boat that's been sinking. Another one's opened up. And when they fix the next hole, that same one that they were just covering opens back up. The struggles have been there and they haven't gotten much help you know, from the hockey gods, from the puck itself, getting the right bounces. They've been doing a lot of good work. They've been good in several areas, but it's like whenever they work to improve an area that's been a deficient one for them, uh, anything else that's been good for them seems to, you know, break. So it's it's been tough for the crack in this season. They've dealt with the injuries as well. You haven't had Andre Burakovsky for a good amount of the year. Jaden Schwartz, one of your top point getters throughout the early part of the season, has been out. Your starting uh, goaltender, Philip Grubauer, who has played excellent this season, dealing with an injury as well now, uh, and will, I I don't want to say likely, might miss the Winter Classic. Um, It's been tough. It's been really tough, and there have been calls for major change. There have been calls to fire Dave Haxtell. There have been calls to make trades. I have always thought that was a little extreme. Going into last week, um, last week's episode, I thought maybe it made sense now, but considering that, you know, you got a statement win over Florida, you were able to take care of business against Chicago. You get that one point in a game you should not have been in against the Kings. You feel a little bit good. You feel a little bit better about that. Jordan Eberle was taking morning skate this, uh, ahead of tonight's game against Dallas. So you feel a little bit better about that, but you know, all in all, uh, and hoping that you get Jordan Eberle back. Andre Burakovsky, the morning of the Kings game, was skating and getting in some decently intense work. You feel a little bit better, and especially the way that Joey DeCord has been playing. I have to feel comfortable, uh, you know, with Joey in net. So I'm encouraged by it. The The upcoming stretch isn't going to be easy as we approach the winter break here. And then if you obviously got all of the, the festive, um, you know, sort of news and attention that comes with the winter classic, but feeling better about the progress that Seattle has made uh, and how good they've looked uh, for over the course of the past three games, mostly two and a half games. Cause again, that Kings game was kind of rough, uh, but certainly encouraged by the way that the, uh, the Kraken are going and um, hopefully that they're able to keep this sort of thing up. Cause again, you're helping dig yourself out of it. Uh, you're fifth in the division right now, but if you're able to string some wins together, you can certainly climb pretty fast. You're not in the play, uh, playoff position right now, but again, happy and encouraged with the signs that this team is showing right now. So we'll get into team-related news uh, in terms of the future and the youth of this organization. On December 13th, uh, we found out that forward Carson Rakoff draft pick this season uh, was named to Canada's World Junior Championship roster. Forward Jager Fergus, um, and Ty Nelson were cut on the 15th in some paper transactions. Um, the team recalled forward Shane Wright from the HL, reassigned forward Ty Cartier to HL. And I say paper transaction, all this was Ty did not go to Coachella Valley. Shane did not come up. With Jaden Schwartz going on long-term IR, 
the Kraken wanted to maximize the amount of money they'd be able to get while he's on IR, long-term IR. So they called up Shane, who's got the bigger ca- uh, cap hit than Ty Cartier. Um, <laughs> made a move that we'll talk about here in a second. And then, uh, you know, both of those guys swapped in another roster move. So neither of those guys went anywhere. It was just on paper so that they could get a little bit more cap flexibility, considering the fact that with all these injuries, with calling guys up, the Kraken have been pretty tight uh, when it comes to the cap space. Also on the 15th, the team reassigned forward Marian Sudanich to the AHL Coachella Valley Firebirds. And then shortly after all of that, when we were warned that these were just paper transactions, nothing else was happening, the team... The team, the team traded for veteran forward Tomash Tatar. Uh, Tatar, one goal, eight assists, and twenty-seven games for the Avalanche this season. He's played in eight hundred and ten career regular season games across five NHL teams and scored at least twenty goals in a season seven times in his career. In exchange for Tatar, uh, Colorado received Seattle's fifth-round pick next year. Um, he did play in the game against the Kings. He arrived in seattle at midnight ahead of the king's game uh and did play that night so pretty eventful game for him you know you gotta understand the context of him getting in late that night uh you know trying to fit into a new team and learn his teammates and a new scheme i didn't look bad i mean there was some he didn't have a big impact moment but certainly held his own and didn't look uh like he was a sort of negative on this roster so um, it's going to be, as I mentioned, it's going to be a tough upcoming stretch for the Kraken, but considering what we saw over the course of the past three games, uh, you know, hopefully getting Jordan Eberle back tonight, uh, looking like we might get Andre Burakovsky back later into the month. Um, certainly happy, uh, with the sort of progress that we're seeing from this Kraken team. So as they sit at a 10 win, 14 loss, eight overtime loss record that pins them at 28 points. The next schedule ahead this week for the Kraken, oh, oops, December 18th tonight against the Dallas Stars in Dallas with a 5 p.m. Pacific time puck drop. Uh, all of these games are on Root Sports and ESPN Plus slash NHL Network unless mentioned. Tonight's game is on Root Sports and um, on NHL Network, so that one's a little different. But if you're in the Root Sports area, then you won't necessarily mind it. Uh, after that game against the Kings, I mean, against the Stars, pardon me, the Kraken will head down to L.A. to play the Kings on December 20th with a 7 o'clock puck drop. So they'll play the Kings twice in a span of three games. Uh, and lastly, the Kraken will wrap up the week uh, with another Pacific Division matchup just up in Anaheim uh, when they battle the Ducks uh, on Saturday, December 23rd, with a 5 o'clock puck drop um, against Anaheim. So... Not an easy week at all. You know, Dallas and L.A. are really good. Uh, The Ducks have some talent there and have some prize and teams this season, so I wouldn't really rest my laurels against any of those teams. We now head over to the OL Reign, and as I mentioned, you know, at the top of the show, with the offseason in this winter-slash-early spring time of the year, teams can quiet down and things can get kind of meh. We get into the doldrums, so to say. Uh, but things really picked up this past week for the rain in anticipation for the expansion draft. So it started um, 
on the 11th, the team ah, the team re-signed goalkeeper Maya Perez. Uh, Perez first signed with the Reign on September 21st and was with the club really as the third goalkeeper through the final three games of the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, didn't get any game action. Didn't really see her. I don't think she even suited up. Um, prior to signing with the club, the 24-year-old was with Angel City FC and did get loaned to uh, GPSO IC 1992. So, Again, that move, it was nice to see the third goalkeeper um, for the rain, and especially with the expansion draft, uh, and we'll get to the protected lists here in a minute, really thought that maybe we might see Laurel Ivory potentially go, uh, and it's always good to have a third goalkeeper just in case. Um, but luckily, didn't have to deal with that. Um, but it was good to see... You know, there's some offseason moves being made throughout the course of the year. Um, and that Perez was locked up. It'll be interesting to see if we get her in any game action next year as well. Uh, on the same day, it was announced that Angelina is leaving via free agency since joining the reign in 21. Uh, Angelina totaled 28 regular season appearances, 10 starts, recording one assist, 15 shots, 63 duels, one. 22 tackles, one and nine chances created. Angelina would go and sign with Orlando. Uh, so best of luck there. It was tough ever since she suffered the ACL injury, wasn't really able to make it into the starting lineup uh, and got limited action when she was uh, suited. So all the best of luck to Angelina uh, down in Orlando. On the same night, um, or might have been the next night, uh, just Fishlock and Zara King were married. Uh, several other teammates, former teammates and friends were in attendance. Uh, such as Sue Bird as a friend, obviously a lot of the other teammates, uh, Megan Rapino, Lou Barnes, most of this roster uh, were in attendance for that. So congratulations to the happy couple and a best of luck to you throughout that. Um, on the 12th, as the roster moves continued, the team re-signed defender Ryan Brown through 2024, selected back in uh, as the 21st overall pick in 22. Brown has made 18 appearances for the club across all competitions. As a second-year defender, uh, she made 11 appearances this past season, recording 23 duels, one, 12 tackles, one, and six interceptions, uh, adding nine clearances. During the 2023 Challenge Cup, she appeared in all six of the games of group play, uh, and held opponents scoreless in every game. The 23-year-old finished second on the team in the tournament in tackles, one, interceptions, and blocks, respectively. On the 31st of May, she earned the game-winning goal against San Diego, which was her first-ever goal for the club. Uh, the next day, on the 13th, the Reign announced their protection list ahead of the expansion draft. Not a lot of surprises here in the protected players. Bethany Balser, Lana Cook, Veronica Latsko, Claudia Dickey, Quinn, Sofia Huerta, uh, Jordan Heidema, Olivia Vanderyat, and Phoebe McLaren. The protected players, unprotected players, I apologize. Uh, Olivia Athens, Lauren Barnes, Elise Bennett, Ryan Brown, Just Fishlock, Sam Hyatt, Alyssa Melanson, Shea Holmes, Laurel Ivory, Jimena Lopez, Maya Perez, and Luani. I mean, looking at that list, I certainly thought that the, you know, the players that teams would look at the most were Elise Bennett, Sam Hyatt, uh, and Laurel Ivory. But uh, people were a little bit worried about seeing Lauren Barnes and just Fishlock there, considering the fact that they're both signed for another year and have talked extensively about not wanting to leave this club and not wanting to play with anyone but each other. It didn't make sense to see them picked, and it just kind of seemed like a situation uh, in two years ago's expansion draft where Megan Rapino was unprotected and people knew not to take her. So um, the 
yeah, the expansion draft didn't necessarily play out as everybody thought, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and you can obviously see with the banner here what happened. Um, also on the 13th, though, the club announced that their goalkeeper coach, uh, effectively named Racky, departed after serving five seasons with the club. So it'll be interesting to see how the rain uh, filled that hole, uh, especially going into a year where Claudia Dickey steps in as a presumed starter uh, after the departure of Fallentilis Joyce early into the season this past year. Uh, you know, coaching staff plays a big impact in things, so it'll be interesting to see how the rain filled that position. On the 14th, uh, the team re-signed midfielder Olivia Athens through the 2024 season. Athens was another player that maybe could have been taken in the unprotected list since she joined the rain ahead of the 22 season. The UCLA graduate has totaled 22 appearances, recording two goals, 46 tackles, one, 19, 16 tackles, one, pardon me, and nine chances created across all competitions. The second year midfielder started in all six matches of group play during last year's Challenge Cup, uh, finishing with one goal and the third most tackles in the league to help the club advance as the number one seed. The same day, the team re-signed the goalkeeper Laurel Ivory through the 2024 season. Uh, Ivory made her NWSL debut during the 2023 Challenge Cup and totaled four starts throughout that course of that tournament. Over those four matches, the second-year goalkeeper recorded three clean sheets, eight saves, and amassed a save percentage of 88.9. The University of Virginia graduate finished the tournament as one of the three goalkeepers to record at least three clean sheets during the Challenge Cup, joining her teammate Claudia Dickey. So that all led up, obviously, to the draft. And in the draft, uh, Bay FC would select defender Alyssa Melanson, which was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and Utah Royals selected Elise Bennett. Uh, Bennett later, two days later, would be traded to San Diego for allocation money. Both of those moves uh, in different aspects were a little surprising. Uh, Bay FC, you know, it would have made a ton of sense for them to select Sam Hyatt you know, went to college at Stanford, starting center back caliber, uh, had kind of lost her starting position here with the rain. Uh, and Bay FC went with Alyssa Melanson. There are murmurs that something else, you know, that that move might not fully be as, you know, taken at face value. We'll see if that comes to play. Um, but a little bit surprised that with the first overall pick of the expansion draft that Bay FC went with Melanson. She's talented for sure, uh, but didn't really, we didn't see much of her at all in the rain days. Um, so that was a little bit puzzling. After the rain had Melanson picked, they could go and protect another player from that unprotected list, and they use it on Hyatt. So that's interesting as well. After she fell out of a starting position, maybe it's a position like Javier Arriaga where the club really wants her and that depth um, in the in the club. So it'll be interesting to see um, what Sam Hyatt troll looks like in the 2024 season. Elise Bennett, this move made a lot of sense. Uh, it was unfortunate. You know, the talented former Washington State alum uh, really wasn't able to get a starting position here this past season with the rain after being acquired around the draft. But certainly could have thought with Megan Rapino retired that, Bennett could have fit into an increased role here in 2024. But, you know, again, interesting to see that Utah selected her and then nearly immediately traded her away to San Diego. So hoping, but nothing for the best uh, for Elise uh, moving into the next season, hoping that she can get more of an expanded role as well. So we'll make sure that no other news dropped ahead of everything else. Thank goodness. Nothing else did. Um, but that will wrap it up. We've gone through 
at least for the rain. Uh, they've gone through the expansion draft, uh, and January 12th is when the entry draft is. So we've mainly just got free agency now. Uh, in a meeting, in a post-expansion draft meeting with the media, uh, General Manager Leslie Gallimore did say that the discussions with free agents Rose Lavelle and Emily Sonnet have continued since the summer. Uh, and that they've put in their final pitch and they're hoping in the next few days that they get a decision from those two players because obviously they waited to make a deal with them so they didn't have to worry about protecting them, unprotecting other players in the expansion draft. So hoping to get that sort of news in the next few days. Um, but that will wrap things up for this week's episode of CSS on Converge. I believe the plan will be since next Monday is a holiday uh, to run the show on the Sunday. We'll see about that. Regardless, uh, it should be another big week. I mean, the Seahawks play tonight against the Eagles um, in a game that they kind of need to win. Uh, the Mariners, you're hoping to hear more offseason news from them, some signings to fill the several positions that have been opened up through trades and such this past off. Well, this current offseason, the storm, Still not too much. We'll see through the uh, overseas player what's going on. The Sounders could be adding impact over the course of the next few days. Uh, the Kraken looking to build off in uh, a noticeably progressive past three games uh, in the rain as well, hoping to hear good free agency news from them. So until we see you next week, uh, whenever that may be, take care of yourselves. Be well. Be safe with the weather. I, you know, you never know with the cold and the precipitation here. Uh, I know that with my head, I have to keep that thing warm. So, until we see you then, take care of yourselves. Be well, and do whatever you can to make today a great day. Take care of yourselves.